Oh, g'day, everyone. I hope you're terrific. It's harps. It's um, it's Saturday morning. It's Saturday morning for me. It's eight fifty-three. Just got back from the old cafe. Took a motorbike out. It's sunny. The birds are singing. The bees are buzzing. Life is great. As is often the way. I had a chat. I always chat with people, but I had a chat with somebody. Um, dude, a dude who was talking to me about some stuff that's not gone great in his personal life. Spoke about a few things, but anyway, it doesn't matter what it was about, but I was I was talking to him about this idea of designing our life, thinking about what we want our life to look like, be like in a year or two or five, and that almost like getting getting um, clear about future you, your future, like what's your job and what's your relationships and what's your health and situation and circumstance and what all of that will look like sometime in the future. And then we started talking about, um, specifically about his health and how he had a health issue recently. I don't know him well, but I know him well enough to talk to him. And I know a little bit about him anyway. We're talking about um, a thing that happened to him and something I had to deal with. And because he didn't deal with this health thing, that kind of there were signs, there were symptoms. Um, he's going to be all right, by the way. But there were, there were, you know, there were messages like the old biofeedback. His body was going, hey, hey. Do, do something. Hey, make a decision. Change your habit. Change your behavior. You know, think about me. So he kept doing the thing that didn't work. And he kept doing the thing that didn't work because the thing that he was doing that didn't work gave him momentary pleasure. It was instant gratification. It was a quick fix. It was a dopamine producer. It made him feel amazing in the moment, but it was something that consistently was on a, on a, you know, an underneath level, like below the surface of joy and momentary pleasure, there was some bad shit going on. And anyway, he had an episode or a medical event. As we say, he had a medical event. Uh, they had to do, um, they had to put in place a medical intervention and he's coming good and all of that shit. But guess what? He could have died. He didn't die, but he could have died. But he didn't really pay attention. Or if he did pay attention to what his body was telling him, what the biofeedback was telling him, what his energy, what his nervous system, you know, what 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 all of these symptoms were telling him, if well, if he did know and he was paying attention, he definitely wasn't doing anything about it. But he could have. And he could have avoided what he ended up having to deal with. And so this won't be super well, I don't think it'll be super long, but like, here's the thing, your life, my life, it's not going to accidentally end up awesome. And in all of these shows that I do, I'm it's either me or it's me and someone else, as you know, and on a level, we're always talking about how do I build a good life? How do I build a good me in the middle of that life? How do I build a good relationship or a good career or a good mindset? How do I be physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, financially, spiritually? Well, what does that mean? What does it look like for me? What is success for me? How do I create it? 
What am I currently do that is moving the needle on where I want to be and how I want to be and what optimal living looks like for me? And what's the shit that I'm doing that's taking me further away from that? So life is always sending us messages. Life is always providing us with data. If your life is a big ongoing experiment of sorts in that you're trying to figure out stuff and figure out what's working and what's not and manipulate the variables to create a better experience and a better life and a better health state, then your life and my life in a way we could look at it as an ongoing experiment with N equals one, N being the number of participants and you are the participant in your life in terms of your personal experience. It's you. It's you learning to manage you. Like the ever-present challenge <laughs> in the middle of your life, the ever-present challenge in the middle of my life is for you and me to fucking self-manage, self-regulate, pay attention. Like things don't accidentally end up awesome. Like my body is always telling me stuff. And for quite a while, I didn't really listen. I kind of listened and I kind of took action, but not enough and not quickly enough. Fortunately, nothing catastrophic happened, but my body is always talking to me. The results that I produce in my life, in my world, with my PhD, with my speaking, with my social media presence, with there's always data for me to interpret, which informs me. It informs me. It goes, Craig, this is working great. Craig, this is a fucking disaster. Craig, do different. What are you doing this? Why am I talking in the first person? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this thing that doesn't work? So I'm asking you. And I know sometimes these things are hard and confronting. And I know sometimes you just tune in to listen to me bullshit. But what if today is a moment where I'm saying to you and you are actually in the moment with me fully present. And I'm saying to you, Whoever you are, wherever you are, what's the thing that you're currently doing which is fucking stupid? Put on your big boy pants, your big girl pants. What's the thing that you are doing that you know is destructive, is toxic, is not good for you? What's the thing that you're doing that is counterproductive and counterintuitive? What's the thing or things that you are doing that's taking you further away from your ideal, your optimal? Things don't work themselves out as a rule. They don't. That idea of sitting back and crossing your fingers and waiting shit, waiting for shit to be great, it's lazy. It's irresponsible. It's stupid. And it's you. It's you not taking control of you. Your job, one of your jobs, as I said, again, these are my thoughts, your job is to manage your life, you. Manage your life. Manage your body. Your body's a gift. Your health is a gift. You can't get another body. You got one. Don't fuck it up. Manage your body. Take control of your health. Take control of your choices. Take control of your behaviors. Take control of your habits. Be fully responsible for everything that is in your control. The stuff that's out of your control. I would never blame you for that, of course. I don't want to blame you for anything. But the stuff that's out of your control, it is what it is. 
but the stuff that's in your control, that's all you. That's all you. And even the stuff that is out of your control, there's still what we do about that. So when bad shit happens to me that I couldn't stop or change or I had no influence or control over, when stuff happens to me or around me, then in that moment, if that intersects with my reality, then what's, what is in control for me is how I respond. Life is messy. Life is unfair. Life is beautiful. And then in the middle of all of that stuff, as I say too often, is you. Is you the navigator of the shit. You the navigator of the joy and the pain and the pleasure and the mayhem and good people and bad people and good experiences and bad experiences. And yes, change is hard. Taking control is hard. Guess what? Hard is good. Hard is good. Think about that. Make that your mantra. Hard is good. When I put myself in hard situations, when I make hard decisions, when I choose to do hard things, and I'm talking about hard that aligns with good outcomes, of course, not stupid hard, smart hard. But when I do the right type of hard, when I lean into the right type of discomfort, when I embrace the challenge, when I say, fuck, this is not what I want to do, but this is what I need to do. I'm going to do this things, this thing because, one, it's going to get me closer to where I want to be and need to be, and two, it's going to change me. It's going to change me for the better. It's where I grow, in the pain, in the discomfort, in the challenge, in the climbing of the metaphoric hill. It's where I build resilience and competence and self-awareness and understanding. When I write my story, when I consciously write the Craig story, rather than letting situation, circumstance, external variables, uncontrollables write my story, then I'm taking full responsibility for me. If I don't take control of my life, it'll take control of me. If I don't write my story in the way that I want to write it and then live that story, then a story will be written anyway. And I won't fucking like the story. I won't like the experience because I'm, I'm just a passenger in my own existence. I'm just in that flow of energy that is life, that river that just keeps flowing at a great rate. And I'm just floating and bobbing up and down in that river. I'm not swimming. I'm not steering the ship. I'm just being swept along. And then I open my eyes and it's five years later and now shit is worse. I haven't addressed those things that I shouldn't have addressed. I haven't made the decisions. I've made one million more excuses. Don't wait for stuff to break. Don't wait for the decision to be made for you. Don't get backed into a metaphoric corner where now, if you don't do something, you're completely fucked or dead. And is this melodramatic? No. You know why? It's not because it's real. I've had in my life at least 10 friends that died that died because they didn't do smart things. They didn't take control of their life, their health. They made terrible choices. And I'm not hating on them. I'm missing them. I fucking love them. I still love them. I want them to be here. I'm sad that they're not here. And there are a lot of variables around that. 
But no matter how hard your life is or easy your life is, there you are. And we all have challenges. We all have hard things to deal with. My mum's had cancer three times. She's had a heart attack. My dad's had multiple heart attacks. At 84 years of age, both of them, their life is not super easy. Every day is somewhere between pretty hard and really fucking hard every day. But nonetheless, they do everything that they can to live a good life. They, they do everything that they can to make good decisions and do good things with their health, with their lifestyle, with their sleep, with their socializing. They optimize what they can. But is their day-to-day -day existence easy and painless and fun? No, it's not. But even at 84, even with lots of challenges, they still get to choose how they live their life in terms of what is possible for them. They control their controllables. Yes, there are things that are out of their control. Yes, there are things that are in their control. Tell me about the stuff that's in your control today. Is it possible that you, listening to this right now, at the end of this, that despite the fact that you listen to me a lot and you kind of make decisions and you've started and stopped and you've got a busy day today and life's hard and I don't understand your situation and I don't understand, but all that stuff aside, yes, that's very real. But is it possible that you could make a decision today that might change your life? Is it possible? It is. Is it likely? It isn't. Am I using reverse psychology here? No, I'm just saying what, what is. Every day, literally every day, all of us have an opportunity to change a trajectory of our life in a tiny way or a massive way, all of us. Because every day that we are alive and conscious and capable, we have the chance to make different decisions and do different things. Can the lifelong smoker give up today? Yes. Yes. Is it likely? No. Is it hard? Oh, it's very, very fucking hard. Will there be withdrawals? Will they feel horrible? Will they feel like shit? Yes. Can it be done? Yes. I've seen it done. I worked with a guy called Rick Wallaney. RIP Ricky. Love him. He's gone now, but Years ago, maybe 25 years ago, he came to my gym and he was smoking around 100 cigarettes a day. And God bless him, he wanted to get in shape and he'd um, made a decision and he'd heard about me and he came to me and said, I want to work with you. And I said, mate, I can't, I can't train someone who's smoking 100 cigarettes or thereabouts a day. And I said, what I would love you to do is I would love you to reduce your smoking over time and start to do some walking and start to, you know, just let's, let's be, you know, to go and train a, a body that's having a hundred cigarettes a day is that is a pretty risky thing to do that, that opens all kind of potentially hazardous doors. And he said, what if I don't smoke at all after today? And that a hundred people could say that to me. And most times, 100 people would not do that. For whatever reason, this spectacular human did it. He did it. And I said, I, I've never met anyone who could be in the situation you are who can just... And was it hard? It was really, really, really hard for him. But he stopped smoking. So that day, he actually took a, a packet of cigarettes out of his um, 
pocket and he crushed them in his hand and he gave me the crushed packet of cigarettes and he goes, that's it. And he, I said, all right. He turned up the next day. We did some really gentle stuff and gentle and gentle and kind of progressed it over time. I can't remember the exact timeline, but I think it was either eight or 10 weeks later, he did this event. <laughs> I'm thinking back now about this. I don't know, even know if I would do this again, but he did what's called the Rialto run-up. I don't even know if it still exists in 2024 Melbourne, but the Rialto is a huge building in Melbourne and people would race up the stairs. Well, clearly he didn't race, he walked. I'm pretty sure he came last, but I can't even remember, but it's some massive amount of stairs. It's like, I don't know, 60 stories and 120 flights of stairs. And But the guy who was smoking 100 cigarettes a day did this incredible thing, incredible for him. By the other people's standards in the race, in the event, not incredible. But for him and for me looking from the outside looking in, what he did was fucking amazing. In hindsight, do I think it was maybe the smartest thing? I don't know. But anyway, he did it. He did it. And you know what? We can do incredible shit. Like we, there's so much, there's so much fluff and bullshit and self-help hyperbole and smoke and mirrors. But what is true, I believe, is that we have got way more potential and capacity than we generally think. We have the ability to do amazing shit but we need to get our head and our heart in the place that's going to open the doors for the behaviors, for the choices and for the outcomes. I could bang on forever, but some of you, not all of you, but some of you listening to this know that there are things that you should do, but you keep giving yourself a get out of jail card. You keep rationalizing and telling yourself stories about why it's not the time and why you'll get to it one day soon. For some of you, you've been telling yourself the soon story for fucking ever. And you know it. And if this, if this makes you feel uncomfortable, good, that's okay. If you're a bit pissed at me, that's okay. If you're uncomfortable or pissed, that's okay. But is it true? Is it true? And before you go, oh, yeah, but but I get it. I get it that you're busy. I get it that this is hard. I get that you've got those pressures. I get that your life is messy and crazy and that you've got to, I get it. But guess what? Everyone is you. Everyone is a version of you. I am a version of you. If you wait until all the stars align and, and everything is ready to go and you're feeling great and it's the perfect time and the perfect situation, you've got the perfect support crew and resources, it's probably never going to happen. You know what you need to do. You know. The question is, will you do the thing that you know you should do? What do you need to take control of today? If you don't take control of your life, your life will take control of you.